You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make a do with a do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Top doctors on the White House Coronavirus Task Force are self-quarantining for the next two weeks out of an abundance of caution after being exposed to COVID-19. NPR's Jen Newman has more. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a member of the White House's Coronavirus Task Force, will begin a modified quarantine after a, quote, low-risk contact with a White House staffer who tested positive for the coronavirus. His office says he has tested negative for the virus, but that he will continue to monitor his temperature. CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfield and FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn are also in quarantine out of an abundance of caution after being exposed to the virus. The two are still expected to testify before a Senate committee on Tuesday by video conference rather than in person. It is not clear if Dr. Fauci, who was also supposed to testify, will do the same. Jen Newman, NPR News. The White House blocked Dr. Fauci from appearing before a House committee last week. President Trump says the government will buy $3 billion worth of meat, dairy, and produce from farmers to prop up commodity markets hit by the pandemic. Frank Morris of member station KCUR reports the purchases were initially promised weeks ago. Despite the run on groceries, some farmers have seen the market for the food they produce vanish in recent weeks. COVID-19 outbreaks have closed or slowed production at dozens of big meatpacking plants. 
making pigs and cows nearly worthless in some places. Other supply chain disruptions have knocked the bottom out of the dairy and produce industries, forcing farmers to plow vegetables into the ground and dump milk. The U.S. Department of Agriculture first pledged to buy $3 billion worth of meat, dairy, and produce almost a month ago. President Trump said Saturday that the USDA would begin making those purchases in the coming week. For NPR News, I'm Frank Morris. Overseas now to Iran. Iran says it's ready to swap prisoners with the U.S. without preconditions because of fears that the coronavirus could put lives of prisoners at risk. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports that Tehran says the U.S. has yet to reply to the offer. On the surface, this appears to be a rare offer of cooperation from Iran to its bitterest enemy, the U.S., and it builds on a prisoner exchange the two countries carried out last year. Iran's government spokesman said that Tehran was worried about the health of Iranians in American prisons and held the U.S. responsible for their safety during the coronavirus outbreak. He called for Washington to prioritize human life over politics. In Iran itself, more than 100,000 prisoners have been temporarily released because of the pandemic, but some foreign nationals and many Iranian prisoners of conscience remain in prison. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reporting, and you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. New today, President Obama in an apparent private phone call with allies launching a far-ranging attack on the Trump administration, including the DOJ's decision to drop charges against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. The Marion County prosecutor is calling for an independent prosecutor to investigate Wednesday's deadly shooting of Sean Reed by an IMPD officer after he led police on a chase. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett is also asking the FBI and U.S. Attorney to monitor the investigation. This morning in southern Georgia, a father and son are behind bars, arrested for a shooting that has sparked nationwide protests. Gregory and Travis McMichael have been charged with murder and aggravated assault in the death of 25-year-old Ahmaud Arbery. Welcome to the Serious Side on the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wilde. Good morning to you folks. My name is Jay Rob, the host of The Serious Side. And here are the topics that we will be discussing today, May 10th, 2020. Obama speaks. That's right. Overnight audio has leaked of a conference call featuring President Obama talking about the Michael Flynn case and the Trump's administration's handling of COVID-19. Hmm, was this done intentionally? Or was this a situation where someone was bad? We'll find out. Police shooting in Naptown. Indianapolis police shot and killed Deshaun Reed, 21, while he ran from the police. What the cops were heard saying off camera was what really caught our attention and what we'll discuss this morning. An arrest is finally made. GBI has arrested a father and son who chased down and confronted a young unarmed black man while he was on the job. This happened back in February. So the question is, why did it take 
so long. But before we get into it, you know, I never should have stayed by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. Let me start off by saying and wishing this person, which is my big sis, happy Mother's Day to this beautiful mom. She's the mother of a daughter. She's the mother of some dogs, some hounds. And uh, she is my big sis. Let's bring her in. Good morning, Vanessa. Happy Mother's Day to you. Good morning. And thank you so much for my early morning Mother's Day pick uh, from you and Johnny B. I just love it. I just love it. Y'all, thank y'all. And you know what? Thank you, Jay, what? for including my, my dogs. And don't be calling my babies no hounds. But that's thank okay, you so well. much for including my dogs because you know they are the love of my life, just like yours are the love of your life. So I am the mother of two beautiful dogs and a beautiful daughter. And um, I'm just glad to be here today with this virus. It's a beautiful day in Houston. Beautiful day. In it's a beautiful day. Beautiful day in Houston, and I second the emotion on uh, the fact that you're dealing with your parents of dogs. I just spent, I'll tell you guys a story about this hound that I have here and what I just went through with this fool. So we'll definitely talk about that if we See get that a few baby minutes alone. The the show. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. All right. Yeah, okay. Whatever. All right. The man who's in charge, who really gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? On this beautiful day. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day, Vanessa. Good morning to everyone out Thank there. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day to Kathleen Wynn. She's not here this morning. Also, Johnny D's taking the morning off, and our colleague, the man who we call the most smartest man, the most smartest man. That doesn't sound like my mother would have a fit if she just heard that. My mother is an English teacher or a retired English teacher and professor. She would go nuclear if she heard that bad grammar that I just used. But happy Mother's Day. Uh, the man that we call the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, uh, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. So until then, we got it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You know, because without okay. y'all... Oh, Kathleen's here? Oh, my goodness. I, didn't, I wasn't looking at the board. But let's bring in this beautiful mom. Uh, this, I mean, she's a jack of all trades, and she's the master of all. All right, let's bring her in. This Kathleen Williams. Happy Mother's Day. How are you, oh, my beautiful my, sister? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am doing much better now that I am here with you all. Good, thank God. Um, happy Mother's Day, Vanessa, and all the moms listening. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful women out there. Just a beautiful day. And once again, we're not here without y'all. But, you know, as a father, I have to throw this in here now. Wait a minute. Y'all can't have kids by yourself. So, you know, the bottom line is we had to have 10. But y'all had to carry the little bundle of joy. So we appreciate the mother's love. And uh, it's just a beautiful day. And we're glad that you guys can enjoy your day. Unfortunately, under these circumstances, you know, a lot of the big dinners and the things that you usually do on Mother's Day, you won't see. But, you know, hey, Take your mom out. You know, go find a park, lay a blanket out. You know, just make something for it. You have a backyard, cook dinner, and, you know, have a good time. You can still celebrate with your mother. And if for those of us who are still fortunate to have our mothers, and for those who are spending Mother's Day in heaven, um, you know, this is a very special one for Mr. Elias and I. This is the first Mother's Day that we don't have our mom. Um, 
And so we want to wish her a happy Mother's Day in heaven. And, uh, you know, it's just a uh, happy Mother's Day to your mama, Mama Vera. And give me those lottery numbers. I'm praying you're not sending those lottery numbers down. I need them, Mama. Send them to me on this beautiful day. All right, folks. Once again, the number is 347 Chat room is open. We are monitoring all the social media sites. Have a very special show for you. Without any further ado, let me shut my mouth and let's get this thing started. New today, President Obama in an apparent private phone call with allies launching a far-ranging attack on the Trump administration, including the DOJ's decision to drop charges against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. President Obama starting to surface. You know what they say, Mr. Elias, cream rises to the top. And the former president is starting to voice some things. Now, this was actually leaked audio. But the way the Obama administration, and especially the campaign, how they controlled the message and how they were, they, for the most part, kept leaks under wraps. You know, one would have to think that maybe this was done intentionally. What are your thoughts on this thing that the former president is starting to step up, and he really said some things about Donald Trump and about not mentioning Trump by name, but he talked about how they've been handling the virus and what's going on with Michael Flynn. Well, you know, Jay, at this point in time, did he say anything that was untrue? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Michael Flynn admitted, admitted that he, he committed a crime. He admitted to this. Now, all of a sudden, the Department of Justice and Trump fired him. If he, if, if he didn't commit a crime or he didn't do anything wrong, why did Trump fire him in the first place? He admitted that he lied to the FBI, which is a crime. You know, but now all of a sudden, because you got a crooked-ass William Barr in there to let him go mm. like this, come on, man, let's just stop the madness. Let's stop it. Mm. You know, and, and, and he defended the pandemic team in 2018, which their only job was to search the world and look for pandemics. This is how bad it is. In 2006, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think in 2006, you can pull up Bush talking about there needs to be a, a, a pandemic team and he's going to put one in place. This is George Bush, who all of us didn't consider to be a very smart man. But he knew that a pandemic would hit the U.S. in 2006, and he was smart enough to put it in place. So what does that tell you about Trump? Did he say anything wrong? Did he dare tape out there, this man saying that a pandemic is going to hit the United States? And we need to be prepared for it. In 2014, President Barack Obama said the same thing. So he disbanded the pandemic team in 2018 like, well, what do we need these for these people for? They're not doing anything. So he disbanded. I'm not going to pay somebody not to do anything. So did he say something wrong? That's what gets me about stuff I post. When I post stuff on Facebook, people talk about, oh, you hate the president. No, did I post anything that wasn't true? If I posted something that wasn't true, then you got me. But if I'm posting the truth, then you're an idiot. Well, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A beautiful segue into. Let's listen to what President Obama said. President Obama said, and then we'll talk on the other side. The news uh, over the last twenty-four hours, I think, has been somewhat downplayed about uh, the Justice Department dropping uh, charges against 
Michael Flynn. And the fact that there is no precedent that anybody can find for uh, someone who's been charged with perjury uh, just getting off scot-free. Uh, that's the kind of stuff where you, you begin to uh, get worried that basic, not just institutional norms, but uh, our basic understanding of, of rule of law uh, is is uh, is uh, is at risk. First of all, the fact that it's just so good to hear his voice is just one thing. But Vanessa, let's talk about what the president was really, you know, kind of, you know, listen, President Obama, you really, it's hard, it's hard to find video clips of him getting pissed off and being mad. Now, there are some out there, but the fact that President Obama warned the Trump administration about Michael Flynn, the fact that Michael Flynn, like Mr. Elias said, this guy confessed in court that he committed perjury, and the bottom line is, is that what these guys are doing in this White House, it's like we don't give a damn about the law. You know, the law is what we say the law is. What are your thoughts on this thing? The fact that President Obama had this on his conference call with supporters and the fact that the Trump administration, they are actually doing this. I mean, they have done this. I mean, have you ever seen such lawlessness at the upper echelons of government in this nation's history? Well, we've never seen that because we've never had such a trifling president in office. Oh, um, use that word again. Trifling. Mm. <laughs> so that's the reason why we haven't seen these things because we actually have someone in office that everything is about me, 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 me. He doesn't now what I it was so awesome to hear Obama's voice, but now that Trump knows that that really bugs Obama, it frightens me as to who else he is going to release that's going to upset the country or upset Obama. Now that he knows what gets up under his skin, I'm just wondering who else is he going to release? Because this is the kind of president that we have. One that knows how to get up under your skin, he don't just do the knife in that spot. He is the Eddie. one that everything is about me, me, me. He is the one that is now surrounded by everybody with the virus and still ain't, ain't got it. So, you know, I'm wondering about this president that's in office right now. Is he like, he's just, that's like Satan to me. I, I, I think it has. It is. It is. It is like Satan. I mean, that's a, per- it is like Satan, you know. And, and Kathleen, you know, one of the things I've been pondering and, and I've been dying to talk to you about this, the fact that. The things that William Barr is doing and, you know, all these different lawless things that these folks in this administration is doing, is there any way possible that, you know, when Trump loses in November, because I'm, you know, I'm, look, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there and claim that. When he loses in November, can these people like William Barr and all these folks who are just, you know, just saying the, the heck with the law, can they be charged at a later date for this stuff? Are you asking me as Kathleen yes. or are you asking me as Attorney Kathleen? I just asked I'm you asking, as Kathleen. First of all, I'm asking, I asking you as a minister because we just need prayer. 
So I'm yeah, asking you yeah. just to give us give, give us that approach on it. Then give me your illegal best illegal opinion on this because no, no, no. there has to be wanna... consequences, Kathleen, behind this, right? Yeah, I'm not going to give you a legal opinion on that. I'm going to well, say your personal that opinion. definitely. Yeah, I'm just going to say that definitely there will there should be, um, and I believe even that there are in the works some uh, charges against him in various states. New York is one of them. Um, that Trump or Flynn? Oh, I'm or Barr? I'm okay, Trump. Yeah. Trump and, and Barr. Um, looking oh, really? at I didn't know that. the oh, actions that they are taking right now and to mm-hmm. see whether or not that there can be charges brought against them in various uh, jurisdictions. For some of the things that they've done, and for Trump, even some of the things that he did before, that they may not be able to bring against him right now while he's in office or don't think it's best time to do it. For Flynn, um, I don't know. That's something that we're going to have to talk to maybe Jerome about. But for Flynn, because they let him out, and, I, and you know what? I'm still not clear on all the details around his release. Because they said the Justice Department dropped the charges. So, right. you know, does that eliminate his uh, claim, you know, his um, uh, guilty plea? Does that make, does that know. mean that charges can't be brought against him again under some other circumstances? There's a lot that goes on there. And in addition to that, are there other things that he maybe wasn't charged with? at the time that they may be able to bring action against him for. I don't know. Where there was. So, there was. They gave him a deal. They but, didn't even charge him with everything. If Because he admitted that he was guilty and that he perjured himself, there were charges that they did not charge him because of the fact that he decided to take the plea. So, yeah, you're, they, right, they're I, definitely out I, there. I yeah. yeah, I understand that. But what was, the, what was the agreement around the charges that they didn't bring? You understand? So, like, did they agree that, okay, we will set this aside if you cooperate with us on this, meaning that we can right. never bring that again? Or can it be brought again? Okay. See, I don't know what his oh, agreement okay. was. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. They, right. So, we, there's, a, there's a lot to um, contemplate around that. But I don't think that this is the most I, – I don't think that this guy, this Justice Department – um, this administration is the most corrupt we've ever seen. I think really? the, the no, I don't. Absolutely wow. not. Listen, we watched the government kill Dr. King, kill Malcolm X, King killed AFK. I mean, I don't believe these. Um, you know, we we saw in numerous documentaries that we have tons of evidence as is to the. Um, Spying on Dr. King that was totally illegal. We saw how um, we saw how black people have been treated for forever. We saw what happened. But that was the FBI, people. though, right, Kathleen? I mean, that was well, the I FBI. Mean, I don't think that I, Kennedy administration it, had anything to do with that. And you don't think that the president knew? You don't think I don't, so? You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't okay. think so because I, I know that Robert okay. Kennedy. Did not like J. Edgar Hoover. And, you know, and from well, what everything me, I've just, seen, especially with... Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, let me just offer you this. I do believe okay. that we had presidents in office when we were enslaved. And I do think that the Constitution <laughs> did say 
that all men, all men are created equal. And I do think that the President of the United States at the time had to sit and watch while they claimed that we were three-fourths of a human being so they would be able to deny us the right of human beings in this land. I do think that we were denied the right to vote for forever. And in my lifetime, my lifetime, I watched Dr. King and people walk across that bridge fighting for the right to vote, uh, fighting for us to be integrated. I myself was fucked. I saw all of that. And I know we had a president in the White House that was very aware of all that was going on. So yes, is this disgusting? I'm not minimizing what's happening here, but I don't want us as black people to get deceived and think that this is so unlike anything we've ever seen before. We've been through some garbage, and if we're not careful, we our children will go through the same crap. Mm, interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. Definitely. You know, we definitely want to debate this. This is a good topic. I want to definitely Let me add on to that another day. No, it's a good devil. All right, let's bring. Well, there he is. He just uh, blew my high. Go ahead, Hydro. <laughs> no introduction, huh, man. How you doing? No, no, no. Yeah, I was getting ready to come to you, but I guess you couldn't hold the you water. Do, Go ahead, Jerome. Good morning. How do you? Do you do, Jay? My bad. My bad. <laughs> oh, you want me to do? Okay. All right, then it's time to bring in the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome is free, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis. There he is. Jerome, what's good going morning, on, man? Good people. morning, How are you? Biden wins in November because I'm claiming this. 
Can they come back and charge William Barr for this stuff? How can you continue to do things that are lawless and just get away with it? And, oh, well, because he's the attorney general, he can do it. No one is above the law. That includes his tail as well. Yeah. You? Yeah, they, they can charge him. I think they will. I mean, that's how um, Nixon's attorney general went to jail. They're going to investigate all of them. The treasurer, they're going to find out where all this money is going that they're sending out and these big corporations are getting the bulk of it. They're going to investigate this stuff. I guarantee it. So they're going to have to get rid of all of the inspector generals that Trump put in there. They're going to have to get in all the lackeys and get them fools out. They'll figure it out. They'll get them out. Now, the willpower about how far they will go is going to be another thing because you know what Fox News is going to do and all of the white folks who are supporting Trump they're going to be like they're politically persecuting their rivals. And so the Democrats have a tendency of backing off if that narrative is out there. But they're going to prosecute the people who, you know, who are blatant. So um, Barr is going to be susceptible to prosecution. Um, Mnuchin, um, Betsy DeVos, DeVos, like those guys who have done some things. And I forgot the guy who's in charge of the EPA. Uh, they're selling these contracts to their friends, and I guarantee you they can ma- they're masking it right now, and they're not letting you see um, you know the data or or the notes like knowing what Trump talked to Putin about you can't see that now because the administration is holding it, but they can't delete it. So the problem is the new administration goes in there they're just going to rip the band-aid off of it and so i'm I'm curious. To see, but a ton of people from Nixon got got um, got prosecuted, and even Reagan is just that Ford pardoned a bunch of them. So Oliver North, and those guys would have been in jail if Ford wouldn't have. If the next year after Reagan, Ford didn't go in there, because Ford pardoned um, um, Nixon, or sorry, Ford, yeah, Ford pardoned Nixon, but you know, with Reagan and all those guys. Those guys have let each other off the hook all the time. So I'm not saying that some of those guys are not going to be let off the hook because we're going to get fatigue in the prosecutions. But I think that they need to go to the whole, whole the the um, high-profile people, you know, the Flynn's of the world. Not not Flynn necessarily, but those guys lied, Papadopoulos and all of those guys, and they really did commit crimes. And even the crimes that Mueller didn't prosecute that they know about. Some of that stuff came out last week. Um, some of the details came out. It's just hidden in this coronavirus stuff. But some of the details came out that um, of what Mueller was actually finding in, the, in, his, in his report that he didn't even put in there. They just redacted some more of it um, last week. But I guarantee you there's, there's got to be some prosecutions because how do you get law and order back? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, how do you do it? I mean, because, and that's one of the things that President Obama said during that uh, leaked audio. How, how can you get uh, law and order back when, uh, when you see things like this? All right, we're going to step out here. Coming up in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, uh, something, that, a, a little, something that's very, very tiny, smaller than the size of a penny or a pin, something that um, is very, very important. Uh, to both men and women, and uh, listen to the, listen to a little bit of it. So, 
It's time for this week's edition of Informative Celeste. Something that you need to know. Steve, we see you in the queue. We'll get you on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. Sixty years ago today, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the birth control pill, gave women a convenient and effective way to prevent pregnancy. The pill was revolutionary. As NPR Sarah McCammon reports, it helped change the way many women thought about their bodies and their place in the world. As a young woman growing up in a poor farming community in Virginia with little information about sex or contraception, Carol Cato says sexuality was a frightening thing. We lived in constant fear. I mean, all of us. It was like a tightrope. You know, you're always wondering, oh, is this going to be the time? Cato is now 78 and lives in Columbia, South Carolina. I was very fortunate. I did not get pregnant. But a lot of my friends did. And, of course, they just got married and, you know, went on into their little farmhouses. I just felt I just had to get out. Cato married a widower with seven children. They decided seven was enough. And by that time, Cato says, the birth control pill allowed the couple to avoid having more babies. She eventually went on to college. It was just like going from night to day. And to know that I had control, that I control my body, it gave me a whole new lease on life. Loretta Ross is an activist and visiting women's studies professor at Smith College. It was life-changing for women. At 66, Ross says the pill gave her generation more control over their fertility than previous generations had enjoyed. We could talk about having sex Not without consequences, because there were still STDs, but at the same time, with more freedom than our foremothers had. So it changed the world. For all it's done for women, Ross says the pill has limitations. She'd like to see it made available over the counter, as it is in some countries, not to mention a pill for men. What made it so revolutionary in 1960 was its reliability compared to other contraceptive methods like condoms or diaphragms, says Dr. Eve Espy, who chairs the OBGYN department at the University of New Mexico. And within a short period of time, a very large percentage of women were using the pill, which spoke to the fact that there was this huge pent-up desire for a a truly effective uh, form of contraception, which had been lacking up to that point. By 1965, Espy says 40% of young married women were on the pill. Linda Gordon, a historian at New York University, says it took a bit longer for unmarried women to gain widespread access. I can tell you, if you want to know it, I can tell you a funny story of myself personally about this pre-birth control pill kind of stuff. Gordon is 80, and she remembers the early stigma around unmarried women and contraception. When I was in college, a number of women had a wedding ring, a gold ring, that we would pass around and use when we wanted to go see a doctor to get fitted for a diaphragm. In other words, there were people finding their way to do that even then. But the pill was extraordinary. Gordon notes that 60 years after the pill's approval, contraception remains a contentious political issue. Just this week, the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments in a case involving the birth control mandate in the Affordable Care Act, a decision on whether some institutions with religious or moral objections can deny contraceptive coverage to their employees is expected in the months to come. Sarah McCammon, NPR News.
347 is the call number 347 Welcome back to the serious side on a beautiful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies out there. Before we get back into it, let's get to the phone lines. Let's bring in Steve, our former colleague. Good morning, Steve. What's going on, man? What's on your mind? Good morning, sir. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Now, as far as the shootings against uh, black men that's going on, I definitely believe a lot of these cops are ex-military. I read a 300-page book on mind control. I want you guys to read it, too, because I think these cops and these ex-military, they may be under mind control. Chapter 7 of the book, How the Illuminati Created Undetectable Total Mind Control Slaves. They talk about Aryan altars, which are elitist and racist, used for Delta altars, for Delta programming. And that Delta programming covers mass shooters, uh, like you see with the, uh, the mass shooters, school shootings, things of that nature, that they're under the program. It's a 300 page book. It's in Chapter 7 The Science of Structuring, Location 4431. Talk about how they build Delta altars, Aryan altar, Aryan Brotherhood altars be elitist and racist and so some of these cops that are killing black men but that are ex-military but if they were programmed to be that way and and then this this book also covers celebrities and politicians uh, people drug running between borders um, it, it goes very deep into mind control I also believe President Trump is on the programming um, and so this is definitely an eye-opener for uh to, to go deeper into the research on the racism um, and, and, and mind control programming, uh, uh, which also has ancient roots, you know, hypnotism, hypnosis, things of that nature. But uh, I found this book to be very, very interesting, 300 pages. And uh, I don't believe in a lot of coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. They, 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 all these mass shootings, it, I, I, there's more to that story. Just like the DC snipers. There's more to the story. There's a lot. Of, when you start investigating, there's a lot of ex-military backgrounds of a lot of these shooters, or the parents were psychiatrists. There's more to the story on this situation than the targeting of black men that needs to be revealed. Uh, chapter seven, location four four three one on the ebook. Jay, check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're being targeted out here, and, and, and we're gonna have to go deeper on the research on why this is occurring. What say you, Jay? Well, man, I appreciate it. I'm going to definitely try to go pick it up. You know, the bottom line is is that, uh, you know, knowledge is the key, and, you know, pick the book up and, you know, take a look at it and see what you think. I mean, it's America. You can buy and, and, uh, you know, read whatever you please. Um, I do think that there's a pair, you know, when you talk about pair Pero, uh military people and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, we talk about these militias, and you know, we just saw demonstrations around the country. Folks who wanted to get back to work. And you see these people showing up at state capitals with, you know, military weapons. And, and I mean, it's just uh, just wonder what goes through the mind of people and why they feel that they have to, you know, form their own little mini military to try to control things. I mean, it's just that mentality of white folks thinking that they rule the world. It's just crazy. All right, let's get to the second topic of this morning. The Marion County prosecutor is calling for an independent prosecutor to investigate Wednesday's deadly shooting of Drayshawn Reed by an IMPD officer after he led police on a chase. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett is also asking the FBI and U.S. attorney to monitor the investigation. 
All right, this is a case of, you know, it's like, well, Jay, we, we, we you know, we, we do these, there are a hundred stories of police officers shooting unarmed black men, and, and in this case, I think this guy wasn't actually armed. The, the reason why I wanted to talk about this particular situation this morning is because of what the cops were heard saying off camera. Police officers were heard saying off camera, well, we guess this is going to be a closed, closed uh, casket funeral, homie. And, and, and I think the thing for me was how nonchalant they are about taking another person's life. Like it's just, just another day at the office. You know, we all have jobs, at least most of us do. And, you know, we go to work and there are things that are just routine. I can't imagine cracking jokes about taking the life of another human being, whether or not that person put me in danger or not, whether or not it was between me and that individual, for me to joke about it after the fact really tells me how callous some of these people can be. Let me start this conversation off with you, Vanessa. Once again, this is a young man. Now, from what I from what I can tell from the reading and everything that I've done so far in this particular situation, looks like this guy was taking the police on a high-speed chase. He uh, broadcast this thing Facebook Live. Uh, according to reports, there was a shootout once he got out the car and was on foot. So, you know, listen, every encounter that police officers have with folks, you know, some of them are just, they're sometimes they're justified shootings. So I don't want to sit here and put, I don't want to put the carpet for the horse and, and say, oh my God, this is another unarmed shooting of a No, no, no. What I want, what I want to focus on is the fact that these guys were caught off camera saying, oh, well, guess it's going to be a closed casket funeral on him, homie. I mean, what the heck's going on with these people? How can you be so callous and be so cold-hearted to make these types of comments and joke about another person being shot and killed? You know, uh, I uh, I think that I agree with Ms. Kathleen by saying we're going, if we're not careful, we will be going back to from which we came. I think that all of this is going, we didn't hear about this kind of stuff as badly when uh, Barack Obama was in office. It is absolutely horrible now. I mean, I don't know about that, I'm but that's. A, I mean, a old. lot of this, the, huh? the Me Too and all that stuff happened during his presidency. I'm not saying that he's responsible for it, but you know, I think we saw hate crime spike during the Obama administration, and the fact that even the president, you know, they talked about how, you know, the death threats against this man quadrupled more than any other president in history. I think well, what yeah, happened during the presidency of Obama history. was we but saw racism. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. back then. From where I work, I saw more um, mixed relationships and stuff going on. But now they're like going back into hiding with it. So I don't know. I just think that killing, having un, a killing that did not make sense. And that's Bobby, y'all messing with the dogs. That's a happy t- 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 uh, That's one of your kids saying happy Mother's Day to you. One of those hounds. Go ahead. <laughs> no, messing with the dogs. I'm sorry, but no, I just think that it's absolutely horrible the way that people can get pulled over now. These black kids gotta be afraid riding their bikes, driving in a car by themselves. All of this stuff is just getting out of hand. Now they just say, stop. If you don't stop, you're dead. So it is absolutely horrible and people are gonna really, really, really have to talk to their kids because these black kids don't think that they gonna get killed. They don't think they should wear masks. 
They don't think that the black woman, oh, that ain't going to happen to me because this is what I would do. I'm telling you, I hear these black kids and I read what they have online and they're just not fearful. And so the cops tell them to do something, they just don't do it and they're going to end up dead. But to laugh at what they did, oh, that's going back to the olden days when they used to laugh at the black person hung from the tree. So, you know, it's just, if these black kids don't get out and vote and stop thinking that voting is stupid, when I'm dead and gone, they're going to be the one that's going to be dealing with these white supremacists and the KKK that's coming back out full active, full bloom in your face. Walking through the grocery store and they're KKK mad. You know, they are being devoted, so, Miss Elias, under this, under this press. I'm sorry, go ahead, Vanessa. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, it's really, really blatant now. It's just really, really obvious what's going on. It's just horrible. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and I know and I was going to definitely, uh, I was going to, uh, that was a segue. I was actually agreeing with you on that. And, Miss Elias, it is, you know, they are in both my president. But, you know, the bottom line is that, once again, we have law enforcement engaging in a shooting. And I'm not saying whether it was justified or not, because all the facts are not out there at this point. But but what we do know is that we did hear cops off camera saying, you know, off the recording, where you couldn't see them, but you could hear them in the background. Well, I guess it's going to be a closed casket funeral, homie. And because of what the cops have done over the years, people, you can always question if a police shooting is justified or not. You know, you were talking about this the other day you know, on a phone call, how how many, you know, now that we have, everybody has a camera on them pretty much, we're starting to see a lot of this stuff. Think about back in the day when none of this stuff was available. Can you imagine how many people were probably killed and framed by police? Because there was really no eyewitness but other cops themselves. And I'm not saying all cops are bad. But you have to look at this. Remember the situation in South Carolina where somebody was videotaping a cop, a guy ran off, cop shot him, then walked by him and dropped something next to him so he could put in this report that the guy had a gun or something. I mean, it's just amazing when you watch this stuff. What say you? Well, Jay, at, at this point in time, man, I, I haven't really looked into this case, but they, the one officer, the one officer I've seen on camera said, they shot this kid 10 times as he was running away, you know, and like I said, man, I, I don't, I don't know if there was a gun, they, I haven't, I haven't heard anything about there was a gun, a gun battle that ensued. But yeah, they I, said it I was a back and I forth can't. shooting with police. That, that's what, that's what the initial reports are. But once again, we don't know what the facts are, but it, there was a exchange right. of gunfire apparently. Yeah. Well, they, they, they said the guy was running away and he got shot in the back 10 times. So I don't know. I don't. I, I I reserve my my opinion until I actually get the actual facts, man. Because you know what, they they what do they do? They, what they what's the first thing that they do? They their character assassinate people like this. So I I reserve my my opinion until then, Jay. I I, I just can't really comment on this right now. I just fair I enough, Kathleen. You know. But Kathleen, this is kind of a tone, though, and because this is just the fact that what just what Mr. Elias just said that I'm going to reserve my comments, you know, because the bottom line is we know that when things happen, the first thing they try to do is do character assassination. You know, think about what happened with Trayvon Martin. You know, in the initial 
days after his death, we saw pictures of him, a young boy in his football uniform, you know, hugging his mom and dad with his little graduation caps on. But then eventually somebody started posting videos of some Facebook posts he had out there, him smoking weed and, you know, holding up the middle finger and all this other stuff. And so, once again, what they try to do is they say, well, yeah, maybe the guy was wrong. You know, maybe George Zimmerman was wrong for shooting and killing him. But he was a thug anyway. You know, all he was doing was taking care of a problem that we're going to have later on down the line. You know, like, once again, what, what, what makes them, you know, the judge, jury, and executioner? What say you? Well, I, I'm not sure what your question is. What it's you, not really a question. Well, I guess my talk, what I'm saying, Kathleen, is, is that this is part for the course. Like Mr. Elias just said, he said, look, I'm going to reserve my comments. But because of the state of our of, of the interactions between police and African Americans, there's going to always be doubt regardless of what the situation is. That's and the fact that these guys made these comments off camera is if, oh, just another day, it's like, you know, it's like me stepping on a roach. Oh, well, there's another roach we kill. Oh, well, guess what? No big deal. Uh, it's going to be a closed casket, homie. I mean, what, what what the heck is up with that? Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, there is a rule of law in this country that says you're innocent until proven guilty. So we are, we, we actually should doubt whether or not these young men or women need to, uh, you know, had to lose their lives. And, you know, we say it every day, and I'm going to say it again here, that if this young man had to lose his life. It is inequitable because we saw people storm the state building. I believe that was Georgia. Armed. And uh, protesting, we saw people yelling in police officers' faces, intimidating them. And we know Mm -hmm. they didn't have masks on, and we know we're living in a time of a pandemic that is spread very, very easily. And you're yelling in a police officer's face, which means that spit is coming out. Then, um, but there was the police did not move. They didn't feel threatened. They didn't move. They didn't do a thing. We saw right here in New York. We saw people gathering, like tons of people gathering in a park, having um, picnics or whatever else that they were doing. No social distancing. We saw a young black man at a store. And the police officer said he wasn't social distancing, and he tased and he was tased twice, thrown to the ground, and wrestled and punched by a police officer. So we have to question it, and we should not. And we should not have cold feet about questioning whether or not our young men had to die, because we do not. As many times as they want to say, well, white young, you know, young white men died too at the hands of police. I've seen terrorists be taken in without incident, without having, without being shot at all, not even in the leg or in a toe, and not even in a big toe. The young man that shot up that church, they took him to McDonald's on the way to jail. You know, the terrorists that blew up, you know, that had bombs down in the East Village, they found him in New Jersey laying on the floor, and he was armed, and they were able to take him in without incident. So we have to question it. And we should not be gun-shy as black people about questioning when a young black man is shot by the police because this is, as you say, Jay, hard for the courts for them, it appears. 
And until they can show that this is equitable across all races, by all police, in all time, at all times, then we have to keep our foot on the gas and say we will not stand for this. No more. Enough. Stop it. We're not going to take it. And we're going to question you every single time and sue you every single time until you stop killing our men <laughs> and treat just like everybody else or you stop and arrest. If you can stop and arrest somebody else without killing them, then you can stop and arrest this young man without killing him. I don't care if he was guilty. Even if he was guilty, doesn't mean he has to die. That's, what the, that's why the prisons are full, right? They didn't shoot all of them. Yeah, yeah, and what and once again, you know, what reports were that there were there was an exchange of gunfire, and so I mean, once again, uh, the bottom line is, is that you're right. We have to question them, Jerome, because there's a pattern. I mean, I remember you bringing to our attention that story of the guy who I think he was out at the strip club in New York, and all of a sudden he's dead. I, I mean, the bottom line is that police feel that they have the shoot first and ask questions later mentality, especially when it comes to people that look like us. And so when people listen to this show, I mean, because some of the things I read during the week, I'll never read during Chatterbox because people are, you know, there's some folks out there who stone cold hate. Let me tell you the two most hated people on this show, by the way, just for grins and giggles, is me and Jerome. (laughs) They hate us. They do. They hate us. There are people, there's an element of folks out there that hate us. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, you know, it's like a badge of honor, right? I mean, they hate us. I'm about to change that. You know, and I'm thinking, why not Mr. L.E.S.? He's the one that's like all mad all the time. Why y'all not hate him? I mean, why y'all hate me? I'm just trying to keep the peace. But, but, you know, Mm -hmm. there are people that hate us because, you know, we speak truth to power. It's like all y'all is a bunch of angry black folks. Really? Really? Stop it. But they come here every Sunday Stop to listen, it. don't they? Every Sunday to listen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing that kills me. I mean, in some way, Not somehow, me. you find the show, and you, and then you want to make comments. It's it's amazing some of the stuff that, that I get during the week. But, Jerome, since you're one of the most okay, hated people on the show as well, go uh, ahead, bro. Thank you. I, I can't remember who made the song, but... It's a thin line between love and hate. I can't remember who made it. Oh, that was H-Town. Yeah. No, H-Town. No, it was somebody before them. Somebody before them. Yeah. Oh, no, it was H- well, H- well, H-Town made it for, you talking about the last Little version? Bit. It was H-Town. There's a thin line. Hey, between love and hate. I think it's Adele finally yeah. yeah, everybody, but here's the thing. Oh, you mean the old, yeah, the original version. Got it. Yeah. yeah. But, but um, it, it was Prince that made the song, um, I, I hate you, I love you because I hate you. Like, it's it's the same thing, right? So people listen to the show just to hate on people. But it's, they hate the fact that something's being illuminated in them that they don't want to feel and they don't want to hear, right? We don't we don't come at anybody out of, um, out of fear or anger, right? The point is, is that if yeah. we point out something to you and it makes you feel some kind of way, you need to deal with yourself. Hating somebody mm-hmm. for telling you the truth is your problem. It is nobody else's. So I yeah. think I can really go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, so as we close this segment out, um, you know, 
there are some good police officers out there because I hear from cops do sometimes that, saying, you know, do it. no, no, there Don't are cops it. out there that say, no, no, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, listen, no, I am going to do this because there are some good why. cops out there. Let me, let me help you with this because you, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to answer a question about the segment. I. Well, I, was, I threw it to you, and then you wanted to address the people who hated us. But, but yeah, I well, mean, the I know, is yours. Bad. But here, here's the thing. We always neutralize our pain, right? So if something happens to somebody black, we're like, hey, y'all killed somebody black, but there's some good officers. If something happened to a white person that got robbed by a black, people, black person, they'd lock every black person up that they see. There is no exception. So we neutralize hate against us, which makes us... But which makes us um, shaky when it comes down to it. Just like Kathleen said, sue all of their asses. And I don't care if there was an exchange in gunfire. There's exchange in gunfire where white people still come out living. They don't yep. shoot them in the leg. Right? They shoot to kill black people. So I don't give a damn if he shot back or not. You, you're going to have to give me some circumstances up under this because I can tell you right now that there are justifiable cases that black people should be shooting back. Right? You can't voluntarily let somebody kill you. Your body won't your body won't stand still if you stop breathing. It's gonna move. It's gonna try to survive. So all all the cases where black people fight back is not no justification. We we're watching stuff on social media now where people are in handcuffs and police officers are hauling out hitting them in the face. Like we're watching this stuff live and we talk about black people should be docile or something. Well, he shot back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So don't – my thing, Jay, even about you doing that, is that we have to stop this. We we cannot neutralize this. And I know some people are getting a little squeamish about the fact that they feel like we are going on offense. But, hell, we've been on defense long enough. You don't, you don't have to let nobody – you have a right to exist like anybody else. And when the law breaks the law – there is no law. I would rather for you to try that in court than to actually not have you breathing. That's crazy. So we, we always turn it, over it and be like, crazy. let the law do is, you know, let's go through court. Let's do due process. It ain't work for Trayvon. It ain't work for Rodney King. Like, it, it don't work. We feel tested that. We got to stop being sacrificial lambs to any of this stuff. So, and, and it's true that these guys are coming out with no conscience. That's why that guy coming out laughing. Because he didn't say I was in fear of my life. He said there's gonna to have to be a closed casket. That wasn't that wasn't a fearful person talking. They were laughing and gleeful. So don't go through the whole there is some good cops out there because the good cops should have stepped their asses up and dealt with them. So you're not a good cop if you're not doing that. These people won't exist if we had enough good cops on the force that was fighting against it. So stop, don't make no excuses for none of them fools. Until you step up and do your job and do right by everybody, we can't trust none of you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, listen, here's the deal. And, and listen, you have every right to your opinion, and, and, and God bless you. But but here's, I'm going to give it back to you, Vanessa, because it sounds like you want to say something or someone. I heard somebody. But, but, but here's the deal. And, and there are a lot of law enforcement officers who listen to this show, and there are a lot of law enforcement officers here in Harris County uh, that talk about how they're trying to change it from within, but they just don't have the numbers. It's like with anything else. They acknowledge that there are some people out there. They have been fights. Uh, I, was, I was talking to one 
one guy who actually, uh, I actually reached out to him. Uh, he was supposed to call in this morning, actually. And, and, and we talked about how uh, he wants people to understand that there are folks that are fighting this on the inside. There, he said, you just don't know the tension that goes down sometimes in these police locker rooms because there are black officers that know that there are some of these corrupt redneck jokers on the on the uh, on the force and that they try to deal with it. it but it's, it's systematic. No matter where you go, even here in America, you look at what's going on with us. You know, every, every the reason why we have a voice, the reason why we feel we have to raise our voice is because of the injustices that are going on with our folks. It's a it's a systematic issue system that we have to fight against and we have to continue to sound the alarms when people are doing things that they shouldn't so I heard a female voice let me let you get the last one before you step out of here who was it was it you Vanessa well you heard you heard me um, just saying to Jerome that he was absolutely correct that you well, shouldn't give them I, I got any kind of anything who is that let's go ahead oh. alright man go ahead and close this well, out because I want to make sure we keep the well, show moving yes sir well, you know, they always talk, tell us the black community how how dumb we are because we don't tell what goes on. Then why don't they set the example and start snitching on their people? Why don't they why don't the blue the the code of blue silence stop having the code of blue silence and tell us what's going on with, with, what's really going on and tell the truth? Trayvon, you know what, 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 what's happening? They they'll sit there and they'll they'll protect each other no matter what. So I hey, when you start snitching, we'll start snitching. How about that? Well, there's uh, yeah, well, a good point, man. But like I said, there there are some uh, black officers who have reached out to me personally and said, hey, you know, man, we're trying. These, these jokers are riding, and they're riding to the core. All right, look, we got to step out. Uh, 347-850-1272 is the calling number. We'll step out. We'll take a break. We'll come back, um, and we'll talk about the big story that's really dominated the headlines. I've been waiting. I, you know, I, it's like it, I feel funny saying this. Like I, I couldn't wait to Sunday so we could talk about it. But the bottom line is that someone lost their life behind this. So, I mean, I could have waited forever. The last thing we want to do is talk about stuff like this. But, unfortunately, uh, the country in which we live, these things happen. So you'll get our opinions next on this particular topic. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Why would you bully me? Why would you bully me? Why would you bully me? Because it makes you feel cool? Because I'm different? Do I touch a nerve? Does making me feel bad make you feel good? Why? 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 Bullying hurts. Bullying abuses. Bullying kills. Why would you bully me?
serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. New today, President Obama in an apparent private phone call with allies launching a far-ranging attack on the Trump administration, including the DOJ's decision to drop charges against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. The Marion County prosecutor is calling for an independent prosecutor to investigate Wednesday's deadly shooting of Sean Reed by an IMPD officer after he led police on a chase. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett is also asking the FBI and U.S. Attorney to monitor the investigation. This morning in southern Georgia, a father and son are behind bars, arrested for a shooting that has sparked nationwide protests. 
Gregory and Travis McMichael have been charged with murder and aggravated assault in the death of 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Now uh, a little exception, we haven't talked about the Georgia case that's coming up next. But you listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We hope you guys are enjoying your special day. We have some mothers on our panel, our sisters. Let's bring them in and say good morning to them. Say good morning to uh, Miss Vanessa Maybelly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much, and I'm so blessed to be here. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Hey, Kathleen Williams is in the house. Happy Mother's Day to you, love. Good morning. Thank you so much. It is, I am telling you, I'm so blessed to be here on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, Vanessa, and all the mothers listening. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. To the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Brother, what's going on, man? Good morning, and uh, just good morning. I can't say Happy Mother's Day to you, but good morning. (laughs) Good morning, bro. (laughs) And I'm glad you came, so I'm good. Well, you know, I can't say happy uh, being the most hated day. Don't do it, Jay. Well, you are one of the most hated guys on the show. Me and you both. This is something that we share. You and I both. I don't know why Mr. Lee has had his mantle. Yeah, but we'll take it. Let me tell you, the love is greater. I can feel the love greater than that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mr. Elias, the man that gets the first and last word, is in the house. What's going on, brother? Good morning. You got it. You got it. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. And good morning, Jerome. Yes, sir. Good morning, bro. And happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms out there. Mr. Elias, man, can we say hello to some people that are in the World Famous Chat or what's going on? Yes, we can. We could say hello to Covina Man. Uh, Green so, Beasley's in there. He's misguided. Hey, Beasley, what's happening? Uh, and Lion Ass Easy is in there. And also, that is uh, <laughs> Comeback Algebra. Uh, by, by, uh, as the song is called, Comeback uh, Algebra, Mariana Music. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing well, darling. Haven't heard from you in a minute. Yeah, haven't heard from her. Haven't heard from her this morning as well. You know, last update on her was she was in Italy, and uh, but that was about three weeks ago. So uh, um, I'm hoping to. Uh, I do have a number for her. I'm gonna try to reach out to her and see can I find out what's going on with our dear friend and uh, uh, devoted listener to the show, Mariana Music. And uh, yep, Stelly, that's bringing one back. We used to feature that song during the listening lounge back in the J. Ryle Show days. What a beautiful song, Algebra. Come back. What's up to the? So he's in the house. Good morning. How are you? Uh, what's happening, Tiffany? What's happening to you? Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day, Carol. Uh, hey, oh, wow, look at this. Hey, April. Man, I haven't seen you uh, in a long time. Maybe you've been listening. You just haven't reached out. Can't wait to read your comment uh, during Chatterbox. And uh, just hello to a lot of people out there listening. The listening audience is expanding. I don't know if we should thank Trump for that or whatever the case may be, but uh, people are tuning in. People are listening at their leisure. Uh, we just appreciate you being a part of what we do. And once again, if you're just tuning in, Johnny D is off this Sunday. He'll be back next Sunday. But everyone else is in the house. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So without any further ado, let's get into the third and final topic this morning, which is one that uh, 
unfortunately, that we have to cover, but we need to do it. This morning in southern Georgia, a father and son are behind bars, arrested for a shooting that has sparked nationwide protests. Gregory and Travis McMichael have been charged with murder and aggravated assault in the death of 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery. That's a big case this week. Uh, this is something that happened back in February, but just this week, GBA, which is uh, GBI, excuse me, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, made their arrest the arrest of these two men in 36 hours. If you're not familiar with the story, let's listen to the let's listen to it, and uh, we'll talk on the other side. Overnight, Arbery's family says it has been a long wait. It made me feel a little release, me and my family. That we know they were behind bars, but we still got a long process to go. The shooting happened in February, but the release this week of this video showing the altercation quickly sparked a national outcry. I think the video release is absolutely essential because I think the the, the breaking point was the investment of the world community. Celebrities, including LeBron James, Serena Williams, and Taylor Swift, all tweeted demanding justice. Former Vice President Joe Biden also weighing in. And his family and the country deserve justice, and they deserve it now. From Georgia's governor, a promise for a fair and thorough investigation. It's absolutely horrific, and Georgians deserve answers. In the video, the two men, who are both armed, are seen following Arbery in a pickup truck as he is running down the street. The men confront Arbery, and after a scuffle, he is eventually shot dead. NBC News cannot verify what happened before or after the events shown in this video. Arbery's family says he was unarmed and was just out for a jog. What actual justice looks like is these men behind bars for the rest of their lives, anybody who participated in this very public lynching. The McMichaels told police that they followed Arbery because they believed that he was the man involved in recent home burglaries. This 911 call by an unknown caller was recorded shortly before Arbery was killed. And you said someone's breaking into it right now? No, it's, it's all open, it's under construction, and he's running right now. There he goes right now. According to a police report, Gregory McMichael, a former police officer, claims Arbery began to violently attack Travis, and the two men then started fighting over the shotgun. And McMichael says his son shot Arbery in self-defense. The case is now on its third prosecutor. The previous two recused themselves over possible conflicts of interest. Now, 10 weeks later, an arrest. But those demanding justice say this is just the first step. Two things I want to point out uh, here. Uh, one, uh, when I first saw this video, it uh, it almost reminded me of slave masters chasing down a slave that had ran away from the plantation. That's the first thing that came to my mind um, when when I saw it. Uh, and the second thing that crossed my mind was that one of the prosecutors that recused herself from the case said that she didn't see any uh, justifiable cause for an arrest. Matter of fact, it's just been reported that she's friends with, the prosecutor is friends with uh, the two people who were taken into custody and that local police at the time was going to arrest these two because they felt they had more than enough evidence to arrest them, but she blocked the arrest. And then later on saying that it was a justified shooting. Uh, once again, this is the country in which we live. Let me start this conversation off with uh, you, Kathleen. 
Um, give me your thoughts when you first saw the video, and um, and what do you think is going to happen next? What do you what do you think? What do you think? Just give me your thoughts in general on this whole situation. Nausea. I know that's not a thought, but <laughs> that's my feeling. It's just nausea. Um, I, you know, it's eerily like Trayvon Martin. I think that the country set up a precedent with how they treated Zimmerman and, um, you know, the way they went after Trayvon while he was walking from the store with his Skittles and so forth. You know, we just remembering these things and the thought that they felt that they could get away with it, the way the police handled it, it was a delay. There was a delay in the arrest. Um, I believe that if they felt they could get away with handling the case that way under President Obama's administration when we had a black attorney general, um, or, you know, United States attorney general at that time, I don't see any reason why anybody in a state like Georgia, Florida, or any other would think that they would be prosecuted for doing a similar thing. They would feel more freedom to do it now than then. And so I'm not surprised that it happened. I'm disgusted that it happened. I am disgusted by the delay in the arrest. And I pray that the pressure will be kept on Georgia. This man shouldn't be governor right now anyway. But I pray that the pressure is kept on Georgia so much so that they have no choice but to exercise justice. I do not believe that justice will be served if pressure is not kept on the state and the governor to to make sure that uh, the same does happen. And I'm very sorry. Um, My condolences to the family. Um, My condolences to every mother who has lost a son like this. I am so tired of this. I cannot take it anymore. And we have got to do something and keep the pressure on so that our children are not shot down like animals in the street. Well said. Uh, this past Friday was this young man's birthday. Um, and, uh, of course, today is Mother's Day. And so something happening so close, even though it did happen in February, but the awareness really um uh, really uh, magnified here uh, in the past week or so. So obviously with this being so close to Mother's Day, it has to have had a a profound effect on this mother. I watched several interviews uh, of this young, strong woman, and I tell you, it's like she's just numb um, from what happened to her son. Uh, Vanessa, as you look at the video, um, and this is a man that's just jogging down the street. Once again, it reminded me of, of, of you know, once again, white slave owners chasing down a runaway slave. This guy was minding his own business. And for them to say that it was self-defense, you know, put yourself in that shoes. You're jogging down the street, and all of a sudden, some men roll up on you with a shotgun. What are you, you, you going to do? You're not going to fight back? 
It's like it's this mentality where they feel that they can take the law into their own hands. And because this guy was a former law enforcement officer, the dad, they felt that they could just run around the neighborhood and police themselves. Even if this, let's say, let's say even though we know he did not, but let's say that he did break into the house. Who the hell gives you the right to go chase anybody down and take the law into your own hands? How about calling 911 and maybe you can drive behind him just to kind of keep up to where he is to tell the police where he is. But you went out with a shotgun because it was your intent to do a citizen's arrest or whatever the hell you were thinking. But the bottom line is that this man is dead and that a prosecutor looked at the video and said that the shooting was justified. And the President of the United States, even though he had some warm words for the family, did say, well, we don't know what happened before the video or even after the video. I mean, this is like Charlottesville Part 2. There are good people on both sides. And even though his statement (laughs) just is a true statement, we don't know what happened before the video was shot. But it's pretty obvious to me that this kid was jogging. If you're running from somebody, why the hell would you run down the middle of the street? Wouldn't you run through a yard and jump over a fence? He's just jogging. These jokers rolled up on him. What say you, Vanessa, about this situation? Well, first of all, condolences to the family regarding this situation. It is absolutely horrible. And he actually would have been, um, his mother said in the interview that when she gave birth to him, it was actually on Mother's Day. And she said today was just going to be a horrible, horrible day um, for her. Um, I saw the video, and when I saw it, I had to look at it two or three times because I, I was trying to see what he did that he was shot down. And it did make me feel like slavery days. That's what went through my mind. It's like they acting like they're trying to rope him and string him up on a tree. I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand that. And let me say that they're saying that um, they went back and they checked the police records. And there has not been a stream of robberies or anything in the area. So that's a lie. Um, that somebody had called in somebody robbing a house or something and with that description that's a lie uh, I, I don't get it but I do get it because it's a little town or it's, it's, it's in the area where the man who actually shot the son shot the man he is like a police officer a police chief or something in law enforcement in that town so nobody wanted to handle that case so that is why that case kept getting rolled over and rolled over and rolled over Nobody wanted to take it. And it wasn't because the police department saw the video, guys, because they saw it. It was because we saw the video that we as the people started raising Cain and made them get up off their butts and do something. Had we not been on uh, video or seen it on Facebook or whatever, and I don't know who dropped it, but nothing would have been done. And now it happens so often it's so unfortunate the young people on Facebook are like, ain't nothing going to happen to him. Ain't nothing going to happen to him. So, you know, I'm just so devastated behind what's happening when you can't even go for a ride or a jog because you're scared you're going to be shot down. I, I just don't get it. And I'm not going to deviate much. Just give me a little leeway, Jay. Let's post something. 
less, I had to go back and research it because I just could not believe that this happened right here with me and Jay, and we heard nothing about it on the news. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, Jay Liss posted, somebody just got shot down in Houston in the middle of the street. And, mm-hmm. and Jay, I haven't heard anything about this, Jay. Nothing on the news. Neither. I, I, so I had to research it. I couldn't believe it. So this is just happening way, way too much. And it's getting way too close to where I live. You know, Jerome said something that I thought was interesting. Go ahead, Kathleen, go ahead. Go ahead, Kathleen. She didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. Yeah, I I, I just wanted to say also, you know, you're saying right, because, uh, Jay, you mentioned Sean Bell, um, who was killed in the nightclub about 10 minutes from where I live the night before, when he was at his bachelor party. Um, shot down in the street by police, 51 bullets. Um, It is too close, you know, and I get so emotional because, you know, my son and these young men, their ages are so close together. And when you, you know, we, we can't separate it and say, oh, that was that woman's son. I think President Obama said the best, that this Trayvon could have been my son. And I think even he choked up when he was reporting on this. So, uh, you know, when we internalize it this way and stand up so that this woman, we don't have to look at her alone and say she's so strong to deal with this and have her deal with this alone. As mothers, we have to stand with her and say no. Stand with her, stand with Sean Bell's mother, Trayvon Martin's mother, and father's, and say no. We will not take it because this is the only way we've gotten to where we are today is by protest and by pushing back against the system and letting the system know that no, it is not business as usual. It is not another rope that was killed that we have an open casket, ha, ha, ha. No, no, absolutely not. We are not taking this anymore. And whatever it takes by any means necessary, we have to stand up and stand for our children or we won't have any children. Forget corona, you know? This um, this intentional Degradation of black lives has got to stop. And I don't care what white person feels like they are justified in order to erase black lives. Our lives matter. They continue to matter. And we are not going to be subject to your white supremacist racism because you're so jealous of how fantastic we are. No, it's got to stop. Well said. Uh, Jerome, let me get your thoughts on this thing, man. Well, where where should I begin? I mean, there's a lot to be said, and you know, Kathleen um, said said a lot. Mm. Wow. Yeah. The, um, she did. I guess I guess the bigger thing to um, I guess to take note of, not really bigger, but um, I I kind of thinking about this from the listener's standpoint. It's kind of how I normally answer questions, opposed to. You know what I think about this personally, but yeah. you have to feel like you know for Mother's Day, for Kathleen, for Vanessa, any anybody who's looking out for their children can feel in their hearts why we are emotionally moved 
in this moment because this stuff keeps happening, right? And we need to change our behavior. I don't mean this in a black-on-black crime way. Like, we need to change our behavior towards each other. We need to change our behavior in how we approach things that happen, right? So if we are knowing, knowingly um, uh, being targeted, we need to do something about that. It is, it is kind of our job to change that. We need to stop neutralizing, you know, the fact that, oh, this could happen to anybody. Other communities have the same thing happen. Don't we, we should stick together. No. We have a specific issue that's happening to our community, and we need to push back against that and stop losing focus and push back against it. So when you hear, you know, people like Dotard and those guys saying we need more information, that's what white folks do. Right? When they don't want to prosecute a white person, they say, let's go to a grand jury. Because they know that's just like a trial. So if you get all the white folks in the community who know them on the same jury, they're going to be like, eh, something happened. That's a trick. That's, that's blatantly obvious. Right? You saw someone shoot someone on camera, and they said, hey, we need to get a grand jury. That's a part of the, um, the, the toolkit of white supremacy. When they arrest black people, they just arrest them. And let alone for some guy, I think there was one reported burglary between January 1st and February 23rd or something. Um, And the description wasn't even somebody black. So just for them putting that stuff on the news of different black people saying it could have been them, the news is contributing to um, to what white supremacy is, what that narrative is. The woman did not say... Um, about that 911 call in the clip that you played, because the 911 operator said, "Did you see him? Was there any, anything stolen? Any, no, there was an abandoned yep. house, and we think he went. To, did you see him do it?" And the guy would not answer the question. What happened was that guy was setting himself up for a defense because they knew what they were going to do. So he called 911 to justify that they were harassing some black kid. They were using it so they can use it at trial. White folks aren't slick. We need to get over it, right? Get over it and see through all of this nonsense. If that was the first call to 911 just before it happened, it wasn't because they were looking for him. It's because they saw him, and they called 911 to get on the record so that whatever happened, they could say, oh, well, we called 911. We need to um, change how we approach um, dealing with situations like this. I have no answers for you. But I'm going to tell you, in the words of Neely Fuller, we need to figure it out and then make adjustments. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying we need to do it. And Kathleen. Neely Fuller and Kathleen. Yeah. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elias, your thoughts? Well, you know what, Jay? I can only say this. You know, black people are the only people on earth that get blamed for being murdered, man. You know, that that that's just it. That's 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 it in a nutshell. You think about Trayvon Martin. You think about uh, uh, the, the young man out of St. Louis, Michael uh, Michael Brown. You think about the young man who just got killed. You think about the the, the brother in Dallas for the police officer shot him. In his in his house, she, in his own, she shot him. We're the only people on the on the on the face of the planet that get blamed. Like, well, what did he do to get murdered? What, what, why, why did he do that? He was black. No, you know, 
Yeah, he, you know, he wasn't, you know, this man was running down the street. He's jogging. And they, they chased him down to kill him. I, I don't know how many times I've seen stuff online on YouTube where black, where black men are going into their own homes and white folks are stopping them from going into their own, black, just black people, period, going into their own homes and white people are stopping them because they don't know him. They don't know them. When, when the pre- Barack Obama, President Barack Obama was in office, he had to have a beer summit with a, with a white person because this man was going into his own home because she didn't know him. They didn't know him? Are you kidding me? That don't happen to white folks, man. This is, this is a full-out assault on us, man. And that's, that's all it is. You know, the bottom line is the white folks there, they're playing this game. Oh, I was so nervous. Oh, I was, they, I was terrified for my life. But these are the same bastards that will take somebody and hang them and go in the crowd of, of, of black folks that was hanging. hanging people. I, I guarantee there was more white folks killing black folks in, in, in the day than there was black folks killing white folks. So for them to sit there and change the narrative like that is a bunch of bull. And that's, that's, that's what it is. My colleagues have said enough. There's nothing else to be said. We'll be right back after this. Organizers of an annual Mother's Day initiative to get black women out of jail say the COVID-19 pandemic has made their effort more urgent since jails are considered hotspots. NPR Cheryl Corley reports the project is part of an effort to end cash bail. Local groups in about 25 cities raised money and took part in the National Black Mamas Bailout Project aimed at getting black female detainees home by Mother's Day. I know with NBO to do bailouts, and last year I bailed out nine mamas and supported them. And this year, I bailed out three. Tierra Moore, an Illinois community activist, says the number of black women in jail has been on the rise because of bail requirements. She says it's particularly stressful since the majority of female detainees have children under the age of 18. So it was a, it was very stressful because being a mom, you, even in jail, it just you don't stop being a mom. So I had to make sure that they had their school clothes. The Black Mama's bailout has paid for the release of more than 400 women since 2017. Cheryl Corley, NPR News, Chicago. South Korea's president warning Koreans not to lower their guard. Health officials investigating a new cluster of coronavirus cases centered around nightlife in the capital, reporting 34 new infections today, the highest since April 9th. Nightclubs in and around Seoul have been ordered closed for two weeks. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson preparing to lay out the government's plan to begin easing coronavirus lockdown measures. He is due to deliver a televised address to the nation today. I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News from Washington. Welcome back in. It is time for Chatterbox. Uh, final thoughts from uh, the world-famous chat room and from social media, sites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. Mr. Elias, man, do we have anything that's worth reading from the world-famous chat room? No, sir, we don't. No, sir, we don't. Wow, that was nope. quick. So that means that there are comments in there that Elias does not want to read on the air. Wow. It's been mm-hmm. a fun show for you. Nah. He's been doing some things behind the scenes mm-hmm. that... Uh, 
But I'd that, like uh, to hear him read one or two of them. And I know Jerome don't, but I'm like, because I'm not looking at the chat room. So I would love to hear what one or two of them, what they're saying. I'd like to hear the other side. And I don't have to answer them. I don't have to respond. But I'd like to hear what the other side is saying in the chat room because I'm not in the chat room. Well, in okay. Jerome's defense, that's because you like Fox News, Vanessa. So <laughs> nobody likes that. That's not me. No, 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 no. That's not me to look at Fox News. That's Jay. Oh, okay. And no, I do not look at Fox that's News. Jay. Okay, that's so, Jay. No, no. Oh, that's not Jay. Don't put that out there. I'll read one, Vanessa. I'm shows in the car because I don't have a choice with my husband. But no, I don't look at Fox. I'll read one. He said Michael Flynn was set up. And I asked him, if Flynn was set up, then why did Trump fire him? And Trump don't fire people like that. And he was, after 24 days, he fired him. So that's, that's one. Flynn was set up. Okay. Yeah, Flynn was set up my ass. Whatever. <laughs> there he is. And, 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 and Jerome and I are the one. I mean, well, I know why Jerome is. But me? Come on. All right. Let me read it. I hope that dude be a honor. I do. <laughs> I don't care. Mm-hmm. I that like means I'm doing well, After the day, you may you may take that matter. Who knows? All right, uh, uh-huh. let me read a few here. <laughs> Pastor Stephen F. Jones, Richmond, Texas, says, "Peace and blessings, family. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers out there." Too many times when we talk to families who have experienced the loss of a family member, family member in this manner, we always say, "My thoughts and prayers." But that gets old. Just continue to stay prayerful. And trusting God's grace to get us through these most turbulent times. Well said, Pastor. April J. Austin, Texas. J. Know this. I am always listening. Okay, April, calm down. Uh, what a moving segment on the shooting in Georgia. I'm a 43-year-old white woman, and when I saw this video, I cried. How can this be happening in this country? God bless his soul and comfort his family. To may God bless his soul and comfort his family. I hurt for this for his poor mother. What a tragedy. Well said, April. Patrice, uh, Augusta, Georgia. I knew that your show was going to cover this story with emotion and passion. Thank you, Miss Kathleen and Miss Vanessa, for representing black mamas all over the world. Shout out to my girls. And Justin from Miami, Florida. Great uh, show, y'all. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to my mother because I know she listens to this show every Sunday morning. All right, Mom, Justin is saying happy Mother's Justin, why don't you call your mama, man? Don't be talking through us. Call your mama and say happy Mother's Day. But I, you, I guess you wanted to acknowledge her on here. So happy, happy, happy Mother's Day, Mom. And Justin, next time, give us her name so we can you know, give her a shout out. If you're listening, put her name out here. I want to mention it before the show ends. All right? Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And with that being said, you know what time it is. It's time for my favorite part of the show. Yeah, mine too. Mm-hmm. Count it down. Four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it's time for on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome Spree, man. Jerome, and what do you have? for us this morning. Okay, well, you know, first of all, I want to say that um, I, I didn't I didn't gather information for this, but you know, Little Richard passed yesterday. Yesterday, Little Richard was, you know, the singer, legend, Little yes. Richard yes. passed. I did and, not know uh, that. I think wow. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was 87. And so... Mm-hmm. 
You know, I was watching, you know, people do, like, little tributes to Little Richard. And, you know, every time we see tributes to people, I think they leave out some really important things about them, you know, because mm-hmm. it's kind of why I always feel like, you know, black folks generally, and I know white folks hate to hear this, but we honor our people a little bit differently. But there's also information that white folks don't like to talk about, like the fact that Little Richard, when Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog, inside of that catalog, inside of another production company's contract, inside of their catalog, Michael Jackson found out that he owned Little Richard's catalog. Now, for years, Little Richard was pretty much going broke. They stole his music a long time ago. Um, White artists was covering his music. And so they had little knockoff stuff that people were making a ton of money off of Little Richard, but he didn't make any. When Michael Jackson found out that he owned Michael, that he owned Little Richard's catalog, he actually called him on the phone and gave it to him. And I think that's important mm. to know wow. that he didn't say, "Let me sell this to you" or "Let's split the royalties." He gave it to him. And justice was, you know, wow. he didn't receive any justice to a black man actually owned his catalog. Somebody else would have just wow. made money off of it. So yeah. much, much respect to, you know, Michael Jackson for doing that. But, you know, in light of what's going on with Little Richard, that, you know, they're saying, or of him passing, they're saying, yeah, he didn't get a Grammy. He didn't get his, he got a Lifetime one, I think, in 93 and all of that other stuff. But the tragedy inside of his life was at the hands of mainstream, and we kind of need to honor Little Richard for all of his work and his contributions. So, you know, it's one of the things I wanted to, you know, mention uh, when we started off the show. You, you know, Andre Harrell died too, man. Yes, and that, I was also going to bring that up. Andre Harrell, 59 years old. Andre Harrell passed, and if you don't know who Andre Harrell is, Andre Harrell um, started Uptown, you know, record label with, you know, Mary J. Blige and, you know, Heavy D and the Boys, um, mm-hmm. I know I, Teddy Riley and those guys yep. are all on Uptown, um, obviously Puffy, you know, um, started out there as an intern, and then at some point once Bad Boys happened, um, Andre Harrell got into management, and I think he ran Bad Boys for a little bit as well. So Andre Harrell, um, I didn't read too much about the story uh, with Andre Harrell, but he was only 59 years old, and he passed as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm missing a lot uh, a lot more you know information for Andre Harrell because he does have a ton. Um, yeah. I don't know if he. Did, what'd you say? Did he have from the did he have the virus? Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah I don't know under what circumstances. Yes, did you know? Yeah, they said they they said it was the virus that got him. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it That's the report sure. I read. Yep. So, you know, and um yeah, actually it it said that um yeah. I did see I'm seeing that in confirmation right now. Variety also. Um and LES reported that. Now, um, also, you know, I don't know if you, if you guys have seen um, the Black Godfather. 
it's a story about music mogul and uh, I don't know what to call him, but it is a story about um, Clarence Avon. And Clarence Avon's story is about him helping out all of these people. He did not like Andre Harrell at some point. And he was, he's really big in the music business. If you don't know, watch The Black Godfather, the documentary. But um, I think it's done by one of the husband um, brothers who actually directed it. But Andre Harrell um, was the, I don't want to say he was at MCA, at the record label MCA. And they had been losing like $4 million a year or something. So by the time Andre Harrell came in there, he was coming in there to help turn the fortune around of this record label. So Andre Harrell, after less than a year, they fired him. Of course, they blamed him for whatever. Fired Andre Harrell. And Clarence Avant saw in the paper that they fired him. And he called in. Andre Harrell is in this documentary. He said Andre... Um, Clarence Avon called him, told him, listen, when black seals, when white seals get fired, they get compensation. And he called MCA. Um, Andre said they called him in. He said that meeting was like 10 minutes, and they gave him compensation. But it was because of Clarence Avon doing that. He said I, he just saw it in the paper, and they didn't, he didn't particularly like Andre Harrell. It was a new school, old school thing. Um, he, I don't know if it was personal. It was more like they had different styles. But... He just would not let that happen because, uh, and Andre Harrell tells that story. So anyway, there's a lot to be, yeah, there's a good story um, about Andre Harrell um, and his relationship to just some um, standards that we have in the community that Andre Harrell has some relationship to. So if you get a chance to see it, it is Clarence Avant's story, um, The Black Father. All right, now... In other news, another um, 302 million Americans filed um, new claims for unemployment benefits, bringing the total loss so far nearly about 35 million since the, the um, COVID-19 struck the U.S. And um, they said that those unemployment benefits filed at the week ending May 2nd was about 3.1 million new claims. And... Um, they're estimating in wow. the, this is the White House estimating. They're estimating that um, unemployment is going to hit twenty percent. That's what they're estimating wow. at some point. Yeah, it's at fourteen wow. now. They're estimating. Mm. Yeah, mm. and they're, they're still going to give tax breaks to companies and say, "Oh, if we give companies money, they'll hire people." Just <laughs> give people checks. You know, I think yeah. I think it's Canada that gives their citizens something like um, sixteen hundred dollars. Um, I think it's weekly. Sixteen hundred dollars weekly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And we're we're the greatest country on the planet. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. Aren't we? <laughs> exactly. And and the wealthiest. So if we're the wealthiest, and they're giving their, and they can afford to give their citizens that kind of money. And, you know, here, it's like, oh, here's $1,200 for the next um, six months. Let's see how that goes. Now, the, a story that mm. I did last week, um, and here's an update to it. The U.S. government knew about Venezuela's coup training camps. So the DEA, DEA source mm. re- revealed 
um, that the agency told the Department of Homeland Security about the guns being smuggled um, to jungle training um, um, class or something for this ex-Green Beret. And an informant gave the DEA a tip about the the, the um, ex-Green Beret. His name is Jordan um, Gadrew, I think it is. And so they said his alleged weapon smuggling into Colombia earlier this year, is according to Associated Press, and then he placed himself in the center of a failed plot to overthrow Venezuela's president. So, of course, they're caught. Venezuela is is pressing charges on them, and there's a nice little, you know, it looks like a hostage video, but all the Americans lined up, and they are caught for trying to overthrow the government in Venezuela. So, you know, the Dotard administration is saying, oh, we don't really know what's going on yet. They knew, according to this um, wow. according to this new report that came from Associated Press. And um, mm. the video that was released last Sunday, in which um, he spoke about training men for a mission, and the source said that the DA also informed the Department of Homeland Security of his of that tip with no formal investigation open. So they wouldn't even open investigation to his group, his company, Silver Corp, in Florida, providing equipment in uniforms um, to plot an overthrow of another country, of another government. Okay, so Venezuela are interrogating all of those U.S. Um, citizens, and so I don't want to hear that. Let's stick together, because technically... They broke a law in another country, so they're probably going to go to jail. Or, I don't know, it could be the death penalty. You can't overthrow governments. I'm sure if there was a plot here, we'd be wanting the death penalty for somebody. So, yep, that's for sure. Now, um, White House Press Secretary uh, Kaylee, I guess, uh, McNanny? McNanny or something, she defended her February com- com- um, comment that she will not see a disease like the coronavirus virus come here now she's the new white house press secretary she said that it wasn't coming and now she's in there um and she tried to defend that in front of the press last week and she just walked off of the stage after finishing her prior comments she went after the press she rattled off a series of major um, news organizations who ran articles that failed to appreciate the massive scope of the coming the coming pandemic but they showed clips of her in February. Oh, we're not going to see that disease at all. And now she can't mm-hmm. defend it. Now she's running. Another one. Well, she ain't the only one. She's not uh, the only one. So it's a I know that's right. I know that's right. Now, U.S. Supreme Court unanimously threw out the conviction of former New Jersey governors, um, two former allies for that Bridgegate scandal. I don't know if you guys saw that. Saying that not every yeah, corrupt. Yeah. Now here's 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 their excuse. They said that not every corruption act, corrupt act by a state or local governor or go- local official is a criminal is a federal crime. So the court said in a nine zero decision on Thursday that the government overreached in prosecuting Bridget Kelly and Bill Baroni for their roles in the political payback scheme that created massive traffic jams to punish a Democratic mayor who refused to endorse um, Chris Christie. Now, 
It was. I know. See, see how there's two wow. laws. There's two laws. Mm-hmm. Everybody, right? Yeah. So now this is Justice Keegan, and she wrote in a 13-page opinion for no reason other than political payback. Baroni and Kelly used. Um, Deception to reduce Fort Lee's access to lanes at the George Washington Bridge and therefore jeopardize the faith of town residents. But not every corruption act by state or local officials is a federal crime. Because the scheme here did not aim to obtain money or property, Baroni and Kelly could not have violated the federal program fraud or wire fraud laws, is what she wrote in a 13 page opinion. They did something. But they, wow. Yeah. We we know they did that to punish somebody, but it I guess for what they were charged for, they're saying that the the what they were charged with doesn't apply here. See? You can be above the law. So move on, nothing to see here. Move on, nothing to see here. Nothing to see. No no ain't nothing to see. Mm-mm. Hey, there is no wow. hope for nobody. No, there isn't. Mm-mm. Right? Mm-mm. All nine justices ruled that the case did not involve abuse of power, corruption, or and other wrongdoing. But the federal fraud statutes at issue did not criminalize all such conduct. Is what the judges said in their ruling. Wow. The fraud statutes don't criminalize such conduct. So again, if I said to somebody, "Hey, I have I have power over you." Um, you know what? I want you to walk through the back door and let all of the other customers walk through the front. There is no crime here because you still let them come in the door. That's what they're pretty much saying. It was no criminal conduct, so we got to let it go. It was just wow. inconvenient. Right. Mm-hmm. Inconvenient. The power doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, but you know how wow. the Me Too movement goes, right? If you sexually yeah. harass somebody who works for you, the, the rule is, you have power over that person, so you can't ask them out for a drink, right? <laughs> but in this case, yeah. if you have power over somebody, as long as it's not a crime, technically, we good. Yeah, this thing wow. is not getting Two standards, bad. man. Two standards. Wow. Yep. So, you know, coronavirus su- survivors will be banned from joining the U.S. Um, military. Um, and a memo that was um, revealed... Yeah said that um, the lack of understanding for the long-term effects of the disease, they're banning them. So um, it it sparked confusion after implying that even those who have recovered from the virus would not be eligible for military service. So they need to translate this a little bit better, but they're just saying you can't join the military now, even if you're a survivor of coronavirus, because they don't know what the hell is. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, absolutely. He's absolutely correct about that. All right, Joe, we have time for one more story, man. One more story, sir. One more story? Okay. You know, um, yeah. All right, so with the release date of Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming, that's set for next week, it has been revealed that her daughter... No, no, no. They're they're doing uh, uh, the the Netflix documentary. Right. Yeah, I thought that was already out, yeah. Maybe it came out today or something, but it, it said it, this no, is early in the week. No, they talked about this morning, Jerome. You're right. It's yeah. not out. Okay, yeah. So um, the two girls, the uh, Malia and Natasha, Sasha. or Sasha, 
Yeah. Well, her name is Natasha. <laughs> I'm just being forward. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Malia is 21 and, and Sasha is 18. So this is their first public interviews. And it's going to be inside this film um, in the upcoming documentary. So the Obama sisters open up about their mother uh, and her life outside the White House. So Sasha, who attends the University of Michigan, revealed that she's excited for her mother. And she said she's proud of what she's done. So just wanted to say that. Um, the Obama sisters are actually going to be in this documentary, so it's, it'll be cool to see them grow up. Hopefully, it won't be too much into their personal business, but um, it, um, Michelle's documentary. I'm sorry, the first lady, because that's the only one we have. We still only have one first lady. Mm. <laughs> Her documentary yeah. will be out soon. Uh, man, that's right. good. I can't Thank wait you. to. Yeah, I, I, I guess that. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I misunderstood. I thought they said it was out already, but okay. Hey, man, good stuff, as always, man. Appreciate you. All right, it's time for our final thoughts, ladies. And first, Vanessa Mae Belly from the McAnally Final Thoughts. I'm sorry. Hold on. Go to Miss Kathleen first and then come back to me. Okay, well, there it is. Kathleen, final thoughts. Just, I, I, I think my final thought today is just to um, honor your mom, uh, especially if you still have your mother with you. And I send uh, so many blessings to my mother and the legacy of her. And I am grateful to be able to be a mother. It was the, the most incredible blessing ever of my life. And I send so much love to the mother, mothers of all the children that we've lost this year for whatever reason, whether coronavirus, gunshot, it, there's no greater pain than to lose a child. So I am wishing them um, a comforted Mother's Day and love to all of you. Thank you so much. Are you ready now, uh, Vanessa, or should we go to Jerome? No, I'm so sorry. Um, my husband, who makes breakfast all the time, made me a beautiful Mother's Day breakfast, and we had to do our prayer. So it was, I was just oh. praying when it was my turn. So, Multitasking, um, okay. Fair say, enough. <laughs> so let me say uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody. It's Kathleen. It's, it's, it's such a blessing that you're making it through. The, I call it C19, and uh, it's always awesome to hear your voice. And um, Jerome, I don't listen to Fox, but my husband listens to Hannity. Um, but, you know, it's some troubling times. I thought C19 uh, was bad. But this president that we have and allowing this president to happen in this country where a black person can't ride a bike, can't walk down the street. If the police pull them over and they put them in handcuffs, they still shoot them down like a dog. This is outrageous. And even though Jerome is saying we do need to do something about it, and he is absolutely correct, there's not much that some of us can do other than utilize our voices that we have on social media to get the youngsters to understand this is what the legacy you're going to be left with. This, and if you think it's stupid to vote or you think it's stupid on white men to do this and that, that's on you because this is what is going to happen to your future if you allow it. So my voice, and I know that Les's voice, is social media. We wear them out. We wear them out. So 
hopefully they're paying attention. Uh, some of this that we say or we post will show in, and um, they will march in their own kind of way. So bless this country, and you guys stay safe. Thank you so much. Mr. Jerome Shreeman, final thoughts. Yes, first I want to say happy Mother's Day to everyone. And, um, you know, Vanessa, using your voice is doing something. You know, I, I never like when people say, you know, everybody got to get out and do something. Everyone has a role to play. And I think that a part of our role is understanding that passing information is important. You have to have information before there's action sometimes. And so we are here to hopefully make everyone a little bit smarter. And, you know, to Mariana Music, if you're listening, you know what? You were part of my early um, motivation on this show and showing a lot of love on here. So whatever the haters say, I always think of her uh, when we first come on, when I first came on this show, that there's more love on here than there's ever going to be hate. So peace out and hope she's well as well. So everybody have a good week. Appreciate you. The minute gets the first and last word. We're under a minute for final thoughts, Mr. Elias. Well, this is a bittersweet day for me. Uh, first Mother's Day without my mother, and I, I miss you. I, I do. I miss my mother every day. It's not a day that goes by I don't think about her. Um, also, I'm thankful that she's not here because she'd have been by herself in a nursing home. Also, I don't want to steal Jay's thunder, but happy birthday to my, my beautiful niece. I love you, and there's nothing that you can do about that because I absolutely love you to the moon and beyond, baby. A lot to say. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, I'll make this brief. Uh, I'm like Mr. Elias. Today is a bittersweet day. This is the first time uh, we've experienced Mother's Day without Ma, Mama, Mama V. So, you know, I love you. Heavenly Mother, Happy Mother's Day to you. And to my mother that's here, Happy Mother's Day to you, Miss Dorothy. Love you to pieces. And um, I can't wait to see you soon. And like Mr. Elias did say, uh, today is the birthday of my precious youngest daughter. I love that girl so much. And uh, I'll be seeing her later oh, on the day. She is adorable. Yeah, she I'm going is. to be taking her some presents and uh, that you know, you know. Once again, I know it's Mother's Day, but I tell you what, uh, I love, 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 love being uh, the father of three wonderful daughters. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. And on that note, Mr. Les, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the chain. Wow. Show. Once again, our heart hurts for the mother who lost her son, and uh, we just pray that justice is served soon. And happy Mother's Day to all the ladies. So for Vanessa, for uh, Kathleen, Jerome, Mr. Elias, myself, have a wonderful work week. Remember, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless everybody. Take care. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Stay safe, everybody. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.